Welcome to Everything Life Coaching. I'm John Kim. And I'm Noelle Cordeaux. We are the founders of Lumia. And we're super passionate about all things coaching, and we want to share what we've learned from over a decade of coaching and training thousands of life coaches. Let's dive into the science and magic of coaching. On today's episode, we're going to talk about how to coach leaders through a crisis because leaders are also people and people need coaching through a crisis. Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And, you know, one of the reasons why this topic is so important for our time specifically is that all of us are in crisis all the time, constantly. It happens at work, it happens at home. And as coaches, we need to be prepared for this stuff. So well, let me ask you this, what would you define as crisis? Because I think a lot of people think, uh, you know, the two words that people think um, crisis and trauma that they think that some big thing needs to happen, or, you know, um, you have to have you have to hit rock bottom or um, and I, I don't think that's the case. I think it could be a low grade. You know, that's kind of what you're talking about. It, it's both. It's both. There's big C crisis and there's little C crisis, right? Um, the, the factors that really define crisis are the combination of uncertainty and, and, and anxiety. If there's uncertainty, but we feel like we have the answers and know the solution, cool. You know, there's no crisis. But if there's uncertainty and there is no path forward, there's missing information, there's data that we don't have, we, something has changed, we don't know what to do, that's typically when things will reach a crisis point in your life, in your business, in a relationship, um, all the things. Yeah, and who can't relate to uh, feeling uncertainty, you know, at some point? Not only d during your life, but during your week. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh! Absolutely. And, yeah. And and this comes from um, it really comes from multiple directions. You know, uh, on one hand, thinking about the role of uncertainty and change in our lives, it's really natural. Um, you know, thinking about storms, they happen. They happen with frequency. And then when things build to a crisis point for humans, we're looking at natural disasters. Right? Your house burns down. That's a crisis. It's caused by natural things that happen, but nonetheless, there's uncertainty. Something has changed. You know, we don't know what to do. Um, and then also in, in the landscape of business, I think that this is especially true and why there's a heavy emphasis for us today on, on leadership in business is because most of the people in the world work for a business. And in 2023, you know, one of the things that's really changed is that that combination of uncertainty and anxiety is a nonstop roller coaster. And so literally almost everyone is impacted by this all of the time. And it, it falls to uh, leadership. Those are who are at the head of a business or a household to, to do the work, to show up in a way that's actually generative. Yeah. So now getting to um, how do we coach leaders? How do we help yeah. them so they can help others uh, with crisis and anxiety? So this content, I, I want to highlight where it came from. I sat for a seminar earlier this week. The ICF, the International Coaching Federation, has a community of practice and they focus on different topics. And so I went to the executive leadership and coaching seminar on coaching in a time of crisis. And it was phenomenal. 
Um, Tom Kuldids was the presenter, and he works at Rice University. His program, his leadership program at Rice, was named the top university for leadership development in the U.S. in 2019. And more recently, it was named the fourth top leadership program in the world. And he has a new book out called Leadership Reckoning. And I thought that he was so humble and I loved everything mm-hmm. that he had to say. So nice. let's get into it. Yeah. Um, so from a leadership perspective, coaching isn't about theory. It's about making things happen. And this is really true when coaching leaders are experiencing a time of crisis because theory only does so much when you need to act. Mm-hmm. What has been your own experience with being in a time of crisis? Oh, I mean, I've been, uh, I feel like I'm going through one now. You know, I, I, I've been in, like you said, the capital C, which would be a uh, career transition. Um, a lot of people listening to this podcast are going through career transitions, um, divorce, you know, um, many other expired relationships. And then um, lower KC, which is uh, a lot of times just the day to day, the monotony, the, you know, um, <laughs> raising a daughter and uh, trying to find energy and lack of sleep and, you know, all that stuff. So um, and then there's like the, the macro, which is what's happening in the world. Lots of yeah. things is happening in the world. Yeah. And the, that's the backdrop, absolutely yes. the backdrop. Yeah. So honing in on on this body of work and and where the information on leadership, coaching, and crisis comes from, um, what, what we know is that 75% of the content out there is made up. Mm-hmm. It's antidotal. It's mm-hmm. based on opinion and experience. And it, it was mind-blowing to me that very little research has actually been done in this space. And this is one of the reasons why Tom Kuldes is such a giant in this space, because he used his academic career to truly amass a mm-hmm. ton of empirical data, because there was a huge gap between what leaders are saying, oh, this is what worked for me, and what actually happened and could be proven. So mm-hmm. uh, his perspective on it is that when you're a leader, when you're in a position of leadership and other people's lives depend on your decision-making, you cannot afford to get it wrong. So he wanted to really drill down on what works. Um, The approach he took was really interesting. Um, He conducted research in two spaces, war zone interviews with soldiers Mm. and dangerous sports people who coached and led teams in dangerous sports. Have you ever done dangerous sports? No, no. no. I, was a, I was a bench warmer in high school, uh, so I didn't really play. Uh, uh, I mean, I guess football can be very dangerous, but uh, no, I got lucky because um, I was a kid with the whitest uniform, so I, I, I watched a lot. <laughs> I did not participate. I I have never done dangerous sports yeah. either, uh, for the record. Um, but the reason that that the the interviews focused on the soldiers instead of the leaders is that most leaders will tell you that they're doing a pretty good job, but the soldiers won't lie. Mm. And so he wanted to get to the core of, you know, what actually impacts people in terms of trust and what they need. And the findings actually gave me a lot of hope because when we think about these concepts, and I'm sitting in my own seat as a leader, this stuff feels really scary. Mm -hmm. And it was like, oh God, how am I going to do this? But when I found out what's actually effective, it's it's very simple. It just takes humility. 
So coaching in crisis is all about getting the leader to understand what their people need from them. So if you're mm. a coach and you're working with someone in, in crisis and their decision-making impacts all of the people around them, right. the first thing to do is stop, drop, and get in there with the people and turn your dial to the importance of understanding what people need, what they need to feel comforted. Sounds like a fire drill. Stop, drop, and deploy empathy. Uh, but yeah, uh, that's, uh, you know, it kind of sounds obvious, but um, of course it makes sense. It's uh, super important. Um, trying to understand uh, whether they're employees, community, uh, what, what, what do uh, the, the people want? What are they going through? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. and, and something that was very comforting to me is that work in this time isn't about tactics. Mm -hmm. It's really not. It's it's about looking at understanding. So in the research that was conducted around dangerous sports, motivating people was second from the bottom in terms of importance. Yeah. yeah. And I thought this was really interesting. The reason for it is that when people are in dangerous situations, they're already motivated. They're aroused. They're mm -hmm. anxious. <laughs> they're like, they're at full attention already. And so we don't need to drill down on motivation in a crisis. We actually need to pull back in order to resource ourselves in terms of confidence and calm. Yeah, I feel like, um, you know, uh, the word motivation, I don't know, sometimes I, I feel like it can be forced, it can be uh, controlling, it can be contrived. Um, when you motivate someone, a lot of times you're doing it for you and your worth or you proving that you're a, a good coach. Um, I like it when motivation happens intrinsically or naturally or organically. And usually um, there's a higher chance of that, of course, when you're understood and you feel supported. You know? Yeah. And, and that's a really important part of this conversation. I mean, you know, we've talked a lot about how sick society is and a lot of people who have risen through the ranks of leadership positions learned along the way that creating urgency motivates people. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of folks who are in leadership positions are used to creating these little fires to kind of get people to move. But in our time, when everyone is living with little fires every day, mm -hmm. all day long, all around us, that tactic, it <laughs> really doesn't work and can causes harm. Yeah. Yeah. So the number one skills that a leader needs to hone in um, to be effectiveness in a time of crisis completely aligns with coaching. Yeah, and so course. coaches might be sitting there and saying, wow, you know, how, what skills do I have in order to be effective at coaching a leader? And the two big skills are listening and learning. Mm. Foundational, and fundamentals. 100% fundamental and foundational in coach training. And so when we're looking at this and really saying, okay, if coaching is about moving someone from point A to point B, and there's a leader and that leader is in crisis, we want to move this leader to, it's very natural in times of crisis to draw inward, to sit, to stew, to ruminate. Mm -hmm. But the most effective thing to do is to actually draw that focus outward to engage in the action steps of, mm. of listening and learning. Mm. And this has um, a, a lot of really cool outcomes. So 
when you step out of yourself and you really tune into the environment around you, it limits your own access to your internal emotions. And so you, you, you block your own ruminating mind. Have you ever had that experience? I'm trying to think. Uh, describe a little more. Yeah. So I know like when I'm going through something, um, my, I tend to ruminate and I tend to repeat and I tend to process the, the thing that I'm upset about yeah. out loud to, to everyone around me who's willing yeah. to listen. Right? Yes, like yes I can relate to that. Yes, for sure. Yeah. They get sick of me. Um, but when I go to work during the day and I'm with our team and my focus is on things like this podcast or, um, you know, what's going on within our organization, our curriculum, I'm I'm outside of myself mm -hmm. and I'm limiting my own inner dialogue. That's a game changer. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and of course, uh, you know, you're kind of forced to do that because you um, wear many hats and it's time to, to get to work. Uh, what you're doing is bigger than you. Um, it's hard to do that when we're not forced to. It's hard to do that at home. You know, it's hard to yeah. do that uh, when we're just with ourselves. But yeah, getting out of our head, our thoughts, our distorted thoughts, the rumination. I mean, that's huge. Yeah, because if we think about it, those distorted thoughts and the rumination, like they don't do anything no. for us. Yeah. It's just pain. It's just pain sitting with pain. Um, and so this outward focus, not only does it call, like calm the interior of the leader or whoever's being in charge in terms of a crisis, but it also um, lets people around that person mm -hmm. perceive the leader as taking on risk alongside of them, at showing up mm. shoulder to shoulder, yeah. at showing up to do the work. And this is so important because if a team believes that the person in charge is not going to be impacted if something goes wrong, they're going to be like, well, well, they're fine. Why, why would I show up? Yeah. Why would I do the work? And so to the best of your ability to create equilibrium and equality, to really get down in the dirt with your, with your people, with your family, with mm -hmm. your friends, when they're going through a crisis is to show that you have skin in the game and that you're sharing in the risk. You know, also it kind of goes, it reminds me of that, uh, that common, but super powerful question, which uh, gives you a reset or a, a change in mindset. And it's, uh, how can I be of service? Yeah. So that is powerful for me because when I, when I ask myself that, and if I do it authentically, um, I'm pulling myself out of my needs or what I don't want to do or, you know, my problems. And uh, there's a surrendering. There's a, yeah. you know, how can I contribute to something bigger? And uh, how can I be of service is, um, it's a great, I mean, before every session, <laughs> we, should, we should ask ourselves that, that question, you know? Yeah. And, and, and that's a great um, example of how this work is truly active because mm -hmm. service is an active term. So showing up as a leader in times of crisis is very much a physical act. And one of the core components of it is reducing social distance, which I think is a really interesting concept to truck through because in organizations, um, leaders are often socially distant from the people around them. Have you had that experience? Yeah, yeah. And there's, I wonder if it's um, also how it's set up, uh, depending on you know wh which company, but uh, I think a lot of people are intimidated to you know hang out with quote unquote leaders. I think uh, um, 
they're you know usually hanging out in the in the kind of admin principal's office headquarters you know that and then a lot of other people um, not wanting to go into those rooms uh, but if you make if you, if the leader uh, sets the temperature if the leader um, opens the door and invites people and you know if he comes um, down to the audience instead of uh, standing behind the podium then people are more uh, into you know hanging out with the, with with leader making making that uh, that fence come down yeah and and in time of in times of crisis uh, one of the things that is is absolutely true is that that kind of change in behavior coming down from the podium and getting into the audience mm-hmm. showing up on a saturday in your jeans and a t-shirt with a yeah. box of pizza that physical enactment has the most power to change the perception of the people around a leader mm-hmm. and and showing up in a different way that is not expected um, is what can truly build you know trust and expectations for people Humanizing. and this it's humanizing yeah. it's humanizing and this concept of social distance uh, really struck me and I dug a little bit deeper in it and in terms of leadership, this is something that if you hold with intention, and this is a great thing for coaches to think about, because when we coach, we zoom out, we coach the person at the problem, right? So mm-hmm. this is true in a time of crisis. And how is this true in times of normal, mm-hmm. normalcy? What is, how is this true when things are, are going along just swimmingly? And what it looks like is taking the time to engage with people on your team, your community, your friend group around important life events when there's not a crisis. Mm. So like somebody gets a new home, someone has a child, um, someone has a big life milestone or a celebration to show up in ways that demonstrate that you're there for that person to celebrate the good times does so much in terms of putting um, coins into the trust bank for when there are times of crisis. You know, when we're talking about leaders uh, coming down to the audience, the the image that naturally came up for me was um, when I played back high school, um, my favorite teacher, uh, I only had one. Uh, she was the one that uh, allowed herself to laugh uh, because I sat in the front row and this, we had this one moment where something happened and, you know, I'm very deadpan and she started laughing. And then I went more deadpan because I lo- loved the attention of that. And she allowed herself to laugh so hard, um, take off the teacher hat and just be a person that, I mean, she was laughing for like seven minutes and it, was, it disrupted the whole class. And I remember how uh, special I felt, but I also felt like, oh, she's actually not like principal or authority, but she's one of us, you know? Um, and I, and I've always taken that memory away as, oh, that, that's always the teacher that, uh, has, you know, made the most impact or made me feel the most seen. And it was just laughter. It was just laughter for seven minutes, you know? Yeah. 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 I've, I've heard stories of, um, leaders making hospital visits. Like if, if, if the spouse of one of their employees is in surgery or if yeah. somebody has a new baby to show yeah. up at the hospital and those taking the time to make time for that kind of stuff can slip away so easily in the course of our everyday lives, but not at work, just even in terms of building community and resources in your life. If you do this for people, 
when, and show up for them, they will then show up for you. Mm. And it creates this beautiful web of interconnectedness. Um, all right. So there are, there are two qualities that really uh, are impactful for leaders to have when a crisis hits. The first one is competence. And what I thought that was really interesting about competence is obviously we want people who run things to be good at their jobs and to be competent. You show this day in and day out. The way that this changes when you're in the space of a crisis is to not only be competent, but to take the mask off and to show your team not only that you're working, but how you're working mm -hmm. and to show the people around you your thought processes so that they can gain an understanding of how you're thinking about things and reasoning through things and gain a greater attachment to your competence as a leader. And when I first connected with this concept, it was really scary for me. Mm. because I'm a leader myself. And I, and my first thought was, what if I get it wrong? Mm -hmm. You know, like what if I'm sharing my thought processes and I, and I get it wrong. And then the conclusion that I came to was at least I'm showing I'm trying. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's also very collaborative. It is. Yeah, it is. And the second quality that matters is um, loyalty to your people, people. Mm. And, and this is, this is something that I think every leader has to be able to live with themselves and look in the mirror and just say, do I care or not? You mm -hmm. know, mm -hmm. and a lot of people are in leadership positions, uh, not because they care about the people that are working for them, but for their own ego. And so this is something that if you're working as a coach, this is an area of values that you can really drill into with someone is, well, how are you experiencing loyalty to your people? How are you experiencing loyal to people around you? And um, one of the things that's tricky here is that um, burnout is so prevalent right now, just everywhere. Yeah. yeah. And when you're really? experiencing burnout, this is when it, your values start to slip and you start to get negligent and you start to have feelings of annoyance mm -hmm. about your work or mm -hmm. your job or people around you. So I just want to call out that that's real and normal and that it's, it's important to talk to somebody like a coach or a trusted advisor. If you're typically someone who really cares and all of a sudden you're feeling like you don't. Right. It's also very responsible what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, there are a couple of logistical things for coaches who work in this space to think about. Um, and it, it can feel daunting at first, but if you're like really specifically um, contracted to work with leaders uh, during times of crisis, it's really important to be accessible 24 seven. Mm. And this can feel scary as a coach to, to be on retainer and to say you have 24 seven access to me. But if you're working with people who are, truly running organizations, they're not going to have time to call you <laughs> mm -hmm. all the time. Yeah, and the best practice that was suggested was that you put a Google alert for your client's name, their company, and the space that they work in so that you get notifications if their name shows up in the news or their industry shows up in the news or their company shows up in the news so that you can be proactive and reach out to that human mm -hmm. who might be working so hard that they forget that they have a coach. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. It's, um, mm -hmm. it's praise. It's, uh, you know, 
positive reminders. Yeah. 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 And the last thing that I wanted to end on was, um, was just the acknowledgement of our time. You know, I keep thinking about everything that's going on in the world and the personal grief that people are experiencing. Mm -hmm. Um, and that, and that, you know, when we're in community with others, whether it's at work or at home or in your gym, you know, um, that, that people we take, we all take turns going Mm -hmm. through hard times. Like we just do, we, we all take turns going through hard times. And so part of this conversation is what do we do? Like literally, what do we do when somebody's going through a hard time that's due to something completely external, like Mm -hmm. a fire or a relative, you know, caught up in a geopolitical conflict or a war or, um, you know, the, the daily griefs that we have loss of a parent, um, you know, the life stuff, just the seasons of sadness that impact all of us. Um, and the theories that show up, one of them is really cool. It's called ring theory, but I think ring theory holds a lot of other theories that we can use due to our skill set in coaching. And ring theory suggests that the person who's closest to the crisis is the one that gets care and is the only one who's allowed to complain. <laughs> mm. What do you think about that? I'm trying to think of an example of what that would look like in, in yeah. life. Um, yeah. That, I mean, it kind, of, it kind of is fair because if you're out of the ring, um, you're not in the arena, then you complaining, it's almost you shouldn't be complaining. <laughs> but the person closest to the fire can say that they're hot. Yeah, you know, you're almost giving them allowance opportunity to complain, you know, because they're taking the most heat. Yes. So the concept is comfort in dumping out comfort. Mm -hmm. And so it's like that the metaphor of a fire is really important. So if we imagine that we're, you know, we're, we're moving buckets of water in buckets of comfort in to pour Mm -hmm. on the fire Mm -hmm. and then we're allowing that fire to come out that's the way that this works and the most important lesson that i took from it was that folks who are in a period of true grief true crisis and true trauma do not need advice it it doesn't (laughs) it doesn't help it doesn't move the needle Complaining doesn't help. It doesn't move the needle. Literally, all they need is care and support. And so, yes, to be seen, to be heard. Um, they want to be visible. Yes, yeah. they want to be visible. And so, if you're going to speak up and use your voice, the question to ask yourself is: Am I contributing to comfort or care, or am I participating in, you know, hand wringing or complaining in a way that's not? helpful to the person Mm. in front of me. And then there were a lot of other things to think about, you know, in this, um, you know, obviously as coaches, we're great at this. Listening is more helpful than talking. Um, and it's important too, to understand that while our listening evokes silence, there are a lot of other things that we can do Um, to move to action. And Mm -hmm. Psychology Today had a really nice checklist. It was bring a meal, Um, bring someone a cup of coffee, tea, or a chocolate bar. Mm -hmm. Um, Offer to go for a walk with someone just Mm -hmm. to get some fresh air, get them out of the house. Offer to watch someone's kids or hang out with them. (laughs) That's huge. Yeah, that's huge. Right? Like, 
older parents or even pets. Um, I have a friend who's, who's facing the death of a parent and, and they said to me, you know, I'm single. I live alone when I'm so sad. I don't have anyone to walk my dog. And I was just like, oh my God, like those simple acts can go such a long way for someone who's grieving or to do somebody's dishes or laundry, like thinking about Mm. what it's like when you're just immobilized, um, and to drop a note, you know, or even mail a note, text, email, show support. I love it. You know, cause what you're talking about are, they're not big things, you know, we're not um, buying people vacations, uh, just the offer of um, doing someone's laundry or watching their kid. I mean, I, I just, because no one does that. It goes, it, it's, it's shocking. It's like, what? what are you, but it's, uh, it goes so far. And uh, what a great reminder to end on. Um, and also, uh, I'm going to text two friends who I know are going through it that I probably wouldn't have texted um, if it wasn't for us having this conversation. So it was a great reminder to myself how little things are big, you know. Awesome. Yeah. And a great reminder too, that whether you're, you know, a leader of a huge organization or just a friend who's showing up, arming yourself with listening and understanding Mm -hmm. are the two most powerful things to do. Thanks for listening to Everything Life Coaching. If you're feeling the draw to become a coach, head to lumiacoaching.com slash everything. Explore a new career that brings fulfillment gives you a true sense of purpose and a bold community to do it with. Lumia is ready to equip you with the tools, training, and community you will need to reach your goals. If you're ready to build a unique coaching business on your own terms while making an impact on the world at large, Lumia is the next bold step in your coaching journey. That's lumiacoaching.com slash everything. And hey, if you're waiting for a sign, this is it.